Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to episode number 61 replay of the webinar number four where we had Abby Fish and I talk about mental health and the struggles of swimmer the impact that it can create on our mental health if you have not been part of our Facebook community group yet come and join us at Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola where we are helping each other stay active be active and move forward as well in a community if you have any questions feel free to ask me at bfitforakhira at gmail.com and also you can follow on social media at bfitforakhira enjoy the show and have a wonderful day welcome to the purposeful fitness with coach ola where i dive in deeper into holistic health and fitness topics that would help you stay inspired motivated and dedicated to living a purposeful fit life while pursuing for the akhirah. All right, everyone, thank you so much for uh, coming in today for our fourth webinar as part of the Super Akhirah campaign. I'm very honored and grateful to have Abby join us for today to talk about the impact of working out in swimsuit on mental health. Um, give me one moment to just to have Gina become the host so she can admit people. All right. And we, we are ready. So welcome again. My name is Ola and I'm a certified personal trainer, swim instructor, and I started Beefy for Akira in 2014. I... Uh, also podcast host of Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola, and I'm super excited to talk about mental health, swimming, the journey into it, and how that can all impact the swimsuit. Our guest for today is Abby. Hello. How's everybody doing? Great. So I'll introduce yourself, Abby, and then I will get started. Okay. Um, so yeah, my name is Abby Fish. Um, I'm the owner and founder of Swim Like a Fish. Um, I've been a swimmer my whole life. Uh, I grew up swimming in Louisville, Kentucky uh, for a club team. Um, along with being an athlete, I played multiple sports growing up. Um, and then basically, really, when I retired from swimming on my own, I started coaching. Uh, so Swim Like a Fish is my own way to coach swimmers virtually, no matter where anyone is in the world. And it basically allows me to take my passion, um, which is swimming, I love swimming, uh, and bring it to people um, and help them get better. So I'm excited to be here. I think that this topic that we're talking about is something that is not really thought about and or really spoken about um, in regards to swimmers because every day if you have to go swimming you're going to put on a swimsuit um, and it's pretty like almost automated it's just an automatic process that we go through um, and as females there's obviously um, could be a little bit more uh, societal expectations on what we should look like with that not saying that men don't deal with that at all 
Um, but there's just a little bit on each gender on each side. So thank you, Olaf, for being here. We've connected through Instagram and just being in the swimming community. So I like what she's doing and she speaks into a way different audience than I actually do. Uh, so it's pretty cool and we can team up together and do some things uh, just to help everyone um, kind of start a conversation. Yes, thank you so much. And the reason why I started this Swim for Akira campaign, that the webinars, is because I really wanted to speak to my community members, my audience, to encourage more people like me to come out back to the water. And it's a very, it's a bit taboo topic as well. So to combine mental health into it, it's a huge, I'm so happy and grateful for this. So, yes. Our objectives for today is to talk about the mindset of an athlete, especially uh, swimmers, to talk about the impact of swimsuit on mental health, the importance of having open dialogue of mental health with our youth athletes, our, our own experiences within mental health and swimming. And of course, we will share resources for anyone who needs professional support and any Q&As at the very end. And so the mindset of a athlete, especially a swimmer, that's Abby's area of expertise as a track and field athlete in high school. So I'll talk about it from a track and field perspective after Abby. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if any of you guys that are watching or anyone who may watch the replay, um, as you know, there's been a lot more talk in the swimming community about mental health. Um, and some of the key Olympians that have really put out there that the slogan, it's okay to not be okay, um, is Michael Phelps and Allison Schmidt. Uh, Allison Schmidt is actually one of my best friends. I swam with her in college and she was my freshman year roommate. Um, so I've loved seeing what she's done since I've known her at the age of 16 to now using her platform to once again start a conversation. Um, she's not the only one. Missy Franklin uh, in 2012 um, came forward saying that she had dealt with some depression and anxiety going into Rio. Uh, she had an amazing 2012 Olympics. Um, she won gold. And it wasn't like she wasn't expected to win gold, but she was very young when she did it. Um, so the amount of pressure that is put on an Olympian to repeat past Olympic performances is a lot. Um, so all that added pressure really um, kind of hindered her mental health. And she struggled with her identity, who she was, and how fast she was racing uh, in 2015 and 2016. Um, she's actually retired now uh, um, from swimming, but she's still within the swimming community. Um, and doing things within that. Um, but there is a lot to be said. It doesn't really matter what kind of athletics um, you're involved with. If you're trying to compete at a high level, uh, that can be really, really tough on your mental capacity and cause a lot of mental strain. Uh, for me, I swam in college. Um, I was pretty good in high school. And then I got really, really good right before I went to college. And I think not knowing a lot about myself and not knowing a lot about my identity and just asking bigger life questions. Cause when you're, when you're in high school, you're just kind of going through the motions. Um, I didn't really know how to handle all that highlight and that limelight being put on me. Uh, so when I was in college, I started getting more and more um, kind of rigorous towards myself and more type A that, you know, if I missed a nap or I was late to here or I got sick, uh, those little key things kind of caused me to go into a downward spiral that I didn't know how to climb myself out of. So by the end of my collegiate career, I was actually talking to a sports psychologist. I wish I would have done that a lot earlier had I known that there was even people out there that dealt with things like that. 
Um, but you know, once again, that's just my journey. And I'm hoping that because I'm talking about, um, how I kind of received a little bit help, maybe a little bit too late that other people, uh, at an earlier age, will start talking about it if they're getting anxiety or things that are, you know, affecting their swimming careers or their swimming performances that they go speak with someone, um, before it gets to a point where, um, you have to make a decision on, are you going to keep swimming or are you going to move on to that next chapter in your life? Yeah, I, that's a really good point. The identity part is something I struggle with, especially after wearing the headscarf for me. Because when I was an athlete in high school, track and field, um, I joined it because it was like the only sport I was able to get accepted. Swimming wasn't an option for me due to its early timings. Um, and we immigrated to this country. So like my parents had to also adjust to the rules in this country, um, language, all of that culture stuff as well. But identity is something I can relate. I also experienced a lot of uh, mental health struggles in college and I wish I was able to also see like, I did seek help however I still believe something that's like never like an ending journey um, and even as a track and field I we, I'll discuss about it in the in the next few slides but that's when I struggled with eating disorders and that did impact a lot when it came to um, the competition for instance the races when it came to the uh, the buddy you know how they give you like a bag your buddy, your uh, secret buddy, they give you a little back. So I would like be eating all this chocolate in privacy and then kind of let it go. So that's in the next slides. Thank you so much, Abby. We have, I believe, a video on IA. I want to touch base on the importance of stress management and getting enough to sleep. I think that's really, really important and something we cannot overlook, um, especially if you're a college athlete. I know it's really tough. But never, ever underestimate the amount of sleep. And I know with swimming, it's such a strenuous sport. You just get tired. You just want to go to sleep. Um, so make sure you, you kind of like make that time up for it. And I really like, I want to, um, us to hear this story. I want to turn it up a little bit. Oh, shoot. Oh, my gosh. That went. Are you able to hear the slides, uh, the video? No. It's really hard to hear it. I think you need to turn up your computer. I have it up all the way at like 100. Okay, sure. well, maybe just drop the link into the chat okay. and then you can have people watch it later. And we yes. can just highlight the sleep slide a little bit more. Gina, do you mind if you can? Um, here, I'll just share it now really, really fast. I think her story is really important for us to hear it. That's why I wanted to see if we can include it because. Um, it's a bit relatable as well as same thing with Michael Phillips when he talked about suicidal thoughts and depression. That's something I um, will come and talk about as well. So the impact of swimsuits on mental health, um, I believe that's something that Abby and I can talk about. I'll let Abby go first about this topic. Yeah, so, um, well, basically to summarize what that video is, uh, we dropped it into the chat. So if anyone wants to take a look at it, you can. Um, Allison Schmidt is the highlight there. 
Uh, and that's the first big video that USA Swimming produced that had to do with mental health. And Allison is basically saying that she was diagnosed with depression and a little bit more about her journey. Um, if you've ever watched any interview of Allison Schmidt and more specifically like seen her personality, she's a huge goofball. Um, and so it's very interesting to kind of look at what you see on the outside in videos and interviews and someone who appears to always be smiling and always be happy. Um, and then actually know that there is something behind that screen. Uh, so that's something I've dealt with too, uh, that when you show up, like even when me and Ola are here today at this webinar, like it doesn't really matter what is happening in our worlds because we need to show up in a certain way to deliver this information to you guys. So the level of authenticity um, and being truly you through a screen is really hard to do. Plus there's situations where you have to be able to shut things off and perform or get done whatever you need to get done, even though you may be going through something as well. Uh, 2020 has been a pretty interesting year and I think everybody can say that they've gone through something uh, whether it be directly related to the pandemic um, itself or just something that happened in your life. Uh, so I think it's really important for um, people to show up as, as much as we can, most authentically ourselves, um, and try to you know, keep pushing yourself to do that on a daily basis. I think that's one way to keep your mental health um, at, a, at a better place, uh, because if you're kind of feeling like you act in one way, but you feel another, having that huge um, kind of discrepancy can really affect you personally um, because you don't really feel that people are actually seeing you for who you are. So as far as like the impacts of what this means when you're wearing a swimsuit uh, is obviously everybody has a body, whether we're happy with how our body looks or whether we'd like to change it in some capacity, um, we all have uh, an ideal body image that we prefer. And one of the, the main things that a swimsuit does is it highlights what your body looks like at this current moment. Um, so whether you like it or you don't like it, uh, when you put on a suit, you have the ability to self-object and really kind of look at yourself in a positive or negative light. And I would say for a lot of people, um, that can be more negative than it is positive. Uh, so we found a study um, from a psychologist at Findlers University in Australia who basically confirmed that women specifically have a fear of trying on bikinis um, and swimsuits around the summer. Uh, just because when you're in kind of a, you know, a dressing room or wherever it is in the mall, uh, you're standing in front of a lot of mirrors. Uh, there also may be a lot of bright lights. Uh, and it's highlighting you um, at a very base level and you get to then formulate an opinion to yourself back on what you see. Uh, so a lot of times that puts women into a crummy mood um, and it allows women to be reducing themselves to thinking of themselves more as just objects and or whether we've been successful or unsuccessful in how we look. Uh, and so it can kind of lead us into a place where we're just, we're not happy with what we see. We've gotten into a negative headspace uh, and you can't obviously go change how you look by the time you walk out of a dressing room. It's more of a process and it's also a lifestyle. Uh, so it's, uh, it's kind of just not a, a great position to be in because you can't immediately get out of it. You have to work yourself out of it if you want to make a change. A hundred percent. And that's something that I can, I know we, we all can relate at one point, but it's my biggest struggle, um, especially when I developed at a younger age and like a lot of females at my time. And I'm like, 
I, what is happening. And that's where the whole eating disorders um, occur in my life. And so also uh, what she said, that's all linked back to eating disorders and depression. And um, unfortunately, like, I'm, Wearing a swimsuit on its own, it's difficult as Abby mentioned, but then like, I also want to mention from my perspective, like women like me who cover up, it's even like harder for them. And that's why a lot of, a lot of us um, shy away from the pool. And I'm trying to encourage them through this topic that it's a normal thing. It's, it's okay to go through it and we should um, like build that comes in the body. It's all goes back to the mindset, which is why super, super important to like work on that first and then get on that and then get into the swimming journey. And that's my approach um, with this. And so our story, oh, and I also want to share with you a story of this brand that's really inspiring. It's called Summer Salt. It's a three-year-old brand. It's pretty new. Um, they launched with the pandemic, a emotional support hotline, which is so interesting. So I have the link in the PowerPoint if you want to screenshot or um, write it down, but they're having a emotional support hotline for anyone who's struggling around this topic specifically and who need help. And so if they cannot help you, they will refer you to an actual um, mental health organization that can, you know, professional help. And then I also want to touch base on body image movement founded by Taryn uh, Brumfit, which I believe is really interesting where she said the body image movement is an internationally recognized crusade that was founded on the belief that your body is not ornament, it's the vehicle to your dreams. And that's something I also believe in, which is why I want to promote this idea. But also as a fitness professional, I believe it's important for us to, um, something I stand by as well, that yes, we should accept our bodies, but also try to work on, um, be healthy about it. Um, I know it's a touchy subject at times. So feel free to share with us in the chat box your thoughts, and we will talk about it in the discussion. Um, and so... Both Abby and I will talk about the importance of having an open dialogue of mental health for our youth athletes. Um, I, that's something, I don't work with youth as, as, as much, but I know Abby does. So Abby, would you please share with us um, your experience with working with that age in swimming specifically? Yeah, so, I mean, as I said a little bit with my story, um, I would say that there wasn't really anyone for me that approached me in regards to mental health and how I was feeling. Um, I was told more so to suppress what I was feeling and thinking and like just shut your brain off. Um, the fastest swimmers can just go swim no matter what's going on in their life. Um, and still to this day, I have this like um, part of my brain that really wishes I didn't have to deal with emotions and didn't have to deal with actual things and I could just shut my brain off. Um, and it's like an unattainable goal. So I wish, and what I do is talk to my swimmers. Um, I coach a local club team in Kentucky where I have like anywhere from like 10 to 18 year olds. Um, and I just try to make sure that they know that I'm available to either have a conversation with, or maybe I will try to start a conversation um, with someone in regards to this, especially if you're seeing um, any sort of signs and indicators as a coach on maybe something is going on in their life. Um, We've had quite a few girls on the team over the past year or so that have gone in and out of having eating disorders. Uh, it's pretty obvious when you're wearing a competitive swimsuit, um, whether or not someone has lost or gained a significant amount of weight. Um, so having to start that conversation and going to the person to address it, um, you know, requires you not only being um, 
kind of uh, emotionally connected, but emotionally there and emotionally ready and emotionally available. And that uh, you can also give them some, some resources or things because uh, it's above you at that point to get, to get some help. So I think the biggest part about being a coach is making sure that your athletes know that you care um, and they know that they can trust you. Uh, so if they talk to you or they need to kind of talk about something um, that you're, you're going to be there and you're not going to be, you know, abandoning them or whatever they may feel like may happen by opening up to you. Uh, I had one girl that started kind of self-harming herself um, this past year and she, you know, came to me and was like, I don't want to tell my mom. I, you know, I don't, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm legally responsible uh, for kids that are under the age of 18. So I did listen to her and I did listen to all of her concerns, but um, I had to make sure that I told her parents and informed them as to what was going on um, just to make sure that that athlete stayed healthy and she was with us the next day at practice. Um, so it can be a little bit scary as a coach because a lot of that kind of um, liability and then also decision making falls on you since you're the adult. Um, but you you know, you want to make sure that those kids feel like they can come to you uh, and talk to you if they need to. Yes, and I took some notes because that reminds me of seeing young girls um, at George, George Mason, like, you know, when the club teams come to practice. Um, of course, I cannot talk to them, but I've heard the conversations in the locker rooms. Sometimes, like, if there has to be a positive talk within the girls themselves. And that's why where the coach comes in, make it comfortable for them. Um, and I want to share the statistics here that 21.4% of elite athletes compared to 29.2% of the general public report clinical symptoms of depression. And like what Abby said with the self-harming, that's actually um, also part of like my story that it, it's like essentially what eating disorder is as well. Um, and that's a perfect segue for our experiences. It's um, a bit difficult to talk about, but I will open up. So I immigrated to the United States in 2001 um, from Damascus, Syria. So of course, coming to a new country, I had to face the struggles of a new language, a new culture, um, like all that process that every immigrant uh, kid go through, of course, then we became a U uh, US citizens later on. But I developed earlier than a lot of girls. So the insecurities like built in why wasn't I like that skinny girl perhaps like all these other girls who seemed like they, they had it all figured out you know on the outside and then one of my friends suggested that you know a quick fix to lose weight is to kind of like throw it up and that's when bulimia began with me in like early, uh, late middle school early high school and then Mom, my mom said, you know, why don't you try out for volleyball? Because she did volleyball in, uh, in Damascus, Syria. So I tried it for volleyball. It didn't make it. And then essentially I made it into track and field in high school. Junior year, senior year, I joined different clubs to keep myself engaged with other people, um, to get out of that comfort zone. You know, be I became more efficient in English. And then uh, I stopped the throwing up action. And then that transitioned to binge eating. And then I remember like in senior year, high school, at one point where like I had to see a physical doctor because my li my lips became super sharp and it's a bit taboo within my community as well, you know, culturally speaking. So when I went to our doctor who um, was from my faith, I didn't feel comfortable telling her. And so when I did open up to her, she kind of did that little judgment look on me. And that's why a lot of people from my community don't talk about it as well because they know that they will be judged upon it um, and there's a lot of misconceptions. 
So when I stopped, I got into weightlifting um, early college years, like when I went to community college, then I started, I did swimming course at a community college. My mom said, don't, you know, take that class if you need the A. And it was very, you know, nice. And then I decided to wear the headscarf. After that, um, trying to practice the religion a little bit more, a decision of my own. Um, then I got into depression and suicidal thoughts kind of like occurred as well, like to that level of what Michael Phillips said, how like he just um, didn't, you know, want to live on all that. So that's something I experienced, like, you know, big time. And that's when the whole birth of BFIT for Akhira came about in 2014 when I lost my grandma and I decided to become a certified fitness professional and talk about these issues oh um, with our community. So I hope that this is okay for me to talk about. I'm sorry, but yeah. So this is why it's so important for me to talk about within um, swimmers and the swimming industry because I feel like they shouldn't be alone. Um, that's my, what I went through. Abby? Here, yeah, so um, as I've kind of highlighted already, uh, I grew up multi-sported. Um, so I'm I'm uh, was born in Vermont, which is kind of a strange state to be born. Um, and I've moved 17 times now in my life, all within the U.S. Um, I guess one technically abroad, but uh, yeah. So I'm not really from anywhere, but I am a U.S. citizen and yeah I was constantly moving around trying out different teams trying out different sports um, while doing competitive swimming and it wasn't until high school that I actually kind of dove really deep into competitive swimming. Uh, for me I've always been a huge tomboy um, and once I, you put that on top of the fact that I played 50,000 different sports um, I was always kind of stereotyped and categorized in a different way. Um, in some senses, I actually really hated uh, the way that people stereotyped me when I was younger because I didn't understand it. Um, and now I've kind of embraced uh, the way that I look. I mean, I'm a female with short hair um, and I like to wear basketball shorts. So with that, um, you know, that's what I prefer. And I'm okay with if someone wants to make any inferences from there. Um, so with that, I never really enjoyed uh, wearing skin tight clothing. I still don't really like wearing leggings. Um, things that are like more feminine attire have never really been something I felt comfortable in. Uh, I think there's part of me that has um, not liked my body in some senses post swimming. Uh, when I was competitively swimming and swimming in college and even playing sports growing up, I didn't really think too much about my body image um, just because I was so active. And then when I stopped swimming and came into this like swimmer life role, uh, I really had to learn how I wanted to live, um, what was important to me and how I wanted to look um, with that. Because, you know, I do love uh, cookies and I love ice cream and I love all the things that taste good. Um, and I'm never going to tell myself that I can't eat them. But at the same time, when I was swimming, you know, 16 to 20,000 yards a day, I could eat like 10 cookies and not care about it um, or not see an effect from that. And now I will. So I really had to teach myself on the backside of swimming um, how to properly eat um, and eat that something that's nutritious so I feel good. Uh, and then I also feel good about how I look. Um, it's been pretty hard for me. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of swimmers um, who gain a bunch of weight when they stop swimming consistently because your metabolism stays so high. 
um, that even though you're not swimming for like the next two months or so, your body is still giving you cues that you're hungry. Uh, so it's not bad that you're eating, but eventually you're not burning the same amount that you're inputting. So that in itself um, makes for an equation of gaining weight. So I think a lot of how you feel on the outside and how you look um, is a reflection of how you feel on the inside. And it is a process for everyone to get to a place where they feel comfortable and confident on what they're eating, how they're eating, if they enjoy what they're doing um, and they enjoy what they're eating uh, to, to reflect that um, to the world. So yeah, that's a little bit about my experience. Um, and if anybody has any more questions more specifically on what I went through or me, I know someone says they <laughs> like my short hair. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm more than happy to answer anything else. Yes. And I love the tomboy as well because I was a tomboy myself and it was like a, a huge circle, like culturally speaking, like it's not something to be proud about from where I came from. So it was like another impact that added to my um, eating disorders and body image as well. Um, Thank you again. We have amazing resources. So we have Coach Abby, uh, where you can visit Abby um, at simlikeafish.org. We can also visit, uh, email me if you have any questions. I also have podcasts. And then we have two uh, resources that we can share. Abby, would you mind um, telling us about them, please? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you guys can reach out to me. Um, my uh, resource is more so about swimming, coaching, and education, but the background of Swim Like a Fish and everything that I want to do is help swimmers get faster um, and just make people better people. And the avenue that I do that is through swimming. So if there's something mental health related that you want to talk about, feel free to shoot me an email. Um, obviously, Ola has her own website as well. Um, she's also actively on social media, has a podcast. She's doing this campaign, so she's been kind of running around getting things together on that. Um, but she has a lot of active resources too um, for swimmers. It doesn't matter if you are swimming in a competitive suit or you're swimming basically fully clothed. She's there to have that open book conversation too. Um, one of my best friends is a swimmer at the University of Georgia. Her name is Samantha Arsenal Livingstone. Um, she was a gold medalist in 2000. Uh, and she has her own website called samanthalivingstone.com. Um, and basically what she is, is she's a mental health coach. Uh, so she's helping swimmers specifically uh, learn how to strengthen their mental health so that that way they can be faster when they are swimming. Uh, so she does a lot of great blogs. She's also got a podcast, I believe, as well. Um, and she's doing webinars and things that are free too, that if you guys are looking for someone to give you more specifically specific steps on how to get better or how to strengthen your mental health. She's awesome um, with that. And then on top of that, um, there's also an Olympic mentorship program for athletes. It's not just swimmers. Um, it's called riseathletes.com. Uh, it's run by Caroline Burkle and Rebecca Sony, who are two Olympic gold medalists. Um, and basically what they do is they have a 12 week program that you can enroll in as an athlete and they give you an Olympian as your mentor. And so the mentor helps you go through this 12 week, um, basically curriculum, uh, enhancing your mental health, having those conversations that maybe you haven't had before and answering any questions that you may have for someone who has reached that high level and like, how did they do it? Uh, so I think that that, those two are really awesome resources. 
And then on top of it, the government also has a general resource on mental health as well, where there's also hotlines and there's free therapy and things that you can reach through uh, the very last website uh, to be able to find some things that if you need help or you need to be able to give someone a link to something that may help them, you can find uh, down on number five as well. Thank you. And yes, I'm having giveaways right now as well. So if you want to participate, head over to our Instagram page at BeFitForAkhira. And now we are going to open up for um, Q's and A's. I, I skipped over this, but if you would like to join my private Facebook group, it's on uh, Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola. I currently have free workouts on land and of course, Abby, the Abby, the A-Fish one. And let's go over the chat box. Amazing comments are coming in. So questions, questions. Uh, feel free, Abby, to read them with me if you would like to answer some of them. Um, okay. Do the first one. Um, so do you face any same gender or other gender-based violence because of a swimsuit which affects the men mental health? Um, do you want to answer that? Gender. So... I think guys uh, do struggle as well. I I just like I've read an article about it. I didn't link it here, but I read how also uh, men struggle with this, you know, insecurities, tightness, um, comparison. Um, but like again, I I don't have a huge experience within the swimming industry myself, but I. I can only imagine what a guy can go through. And that's why Michael Phillip is coming out talking about it. And when I mentioned that slide, that swimming helped him. But um, I believe Allison, it didn't help her. It did the opposite. So I wonder if that does any impact because he's a guy, he has more confidence, but then he struggled like elsewhere where he wants to be, you know, competitive mindset. So guys do struggle, but it could be a different factor of how they struggle with mental health and swimming. Um, yeah, I mean, what I know is that there are guys that I've swim with that still really do care about what they look like in a swimsuit. Um, if you think about a guy wearing a Speedo versus a woman wearing a Speedo, it's significantly less fabric. Um, so a lot of guys as swimmers, especially on a high level, all have, you know, really toned bodies, six packs, um, and big shoulders. So if you don't really fit into that mold, or if you're a little bit shorter, um, they can deal with also some backlash or um, their own kind of negative thoughts pouring in based off of how their body looks. So it's not just as females that we deal with um, body image issues of swimming in a swimsuit. It is within both genders. Uh, and yeah, men can be mean to women if they don't like women in a swimsuit. And women can also be mean to men if they don't like what they see in a swimsuit. So it's, it's not just one-sided. It is totally across the board. The Yes, and I'm actually thinking of how, um, I, I feel like I've read it, where like, you know, hairy men have to like shave before a race to make them go faster. So there's that aspect too, like, okay, well, there's the clothing, there's the look, the outside look, there's also the hair facial uh, situation with men that could create insecurities. Um, as Coach Pierce said, as coaches, we have responsibility for the athletes as a whole, not just the sport, I agree. At what age should we, as coaches, be starting to talk to athletes about mental health? I don't see it being harmful to talk about it early. You don't have to dive too deeply into it. Um, let me see what Abby has to say about this from her experience. 
Um, I would say that, I mean, really, you can start it at any age. I mean, it does make sense to do it um, before puberty hits. Uh, when you hit puberty and you've got the hormones flying all around and kids starting to quote unquote date people and all that jazz, have their first boyfriends, girlfriends, and everything in between, um, you're going to start dealing with uh, both genders intertwining or both sexes, better, um, better verbiage, intertwining. So you want to make sure that you're a step ahead of that. Um, whether you're going to be able to tackle something in one conversation or it's going to be 35 conversations before you actually make progress, that's where you start just building that trust and um, showing the athlete that you really, really care. So I would say that the age of anywhere from 10, 11, 12 um, is a good place to start. Even just having the, the verbiage in front of them of what is mental health and mental health is a part of you. And have you ever like felt like you're standing here, but then all of a sudden there's something else talking to you. Well, who is that that's talking to you? Is that you or is it something inside of you? Is it a part of you? Like, how do you want to define that? Um, because we all have that part of the back of our head, even right now, as you're listening to this webinar that is speaking to you about something, um, whether it be something that we've said that's resonated with you or it's something you have to do later in the day, uh, it's still, it's still there and it, it doesn't go away. Yes, and I'm like reflecting on when I opened up to my math teacher. I believe it was my junior year high school or, or so. And so, of course, she reported me to the uh, counselor, which I wasn't comfortable about at that time. And so that's, you know, if you think about it, like sophomore year, um, freshman year, high school. But like she said, make, it, make yourself comfortable enough that the kids can come up, open up to you. If you're um, approachable, I think if someone is struggling, they will come and approach approach you at any age. If they are struggling, perhaps at home, um, like domestic violence or anything like that, they can find someone that they can talk to. And that can be at any age, in my opinion. Um, Gina said, great questions. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Let's see. Did you go, go back to the slide with the social media stuff on it, just in case anybody wants to? Oh, yes. Thank you. And then we got one, one more question um, yeah. on a mom of three age group swimmers um, wants to know more specifically, how can we basically positively navigate the physical changes uh, that young, young swimmers are going to go through um, within, you know, close to their peers in a mentally healthy way. So how do we navigate kind of like the, the changes within puberty um, as parents and coaches? Um, do you, I want you to answer it first because I'm, I'm still thinking as I'm reading comments. I'm sorry right now. Okay. So I would say that basically, um, as a coach, one of the main things, um, that you can do is make sure that you're, um, not define anything as good or bad. I think that a lot of what we do in society is very black and white and a parent can do this as well. Um, like if you were to say, oh, cookies are bad. They're, you're bad, don't eat them. Well, then kids associate that there's a negative thing that if they do eat a cookie, then all of a sudden they've just failed. And I believe that there's nothing in life um, that's truly black and white. I think everything's within a spectrum and everything's pretty darn gray. Um, so if you give kids the ability, tell you one or let's have two today or whatever, and you allow them to make choices and give them a little bit more fluidity within that, uh, it will help them uh, not associate things being as good or bad. Um, so from a coaching perspective, uh, it's not always, you know, praising the kid based off of what they've done. 
in the past or maybe a best time, it might be praising the kid based off of a great flip turn um, and things that are part of the process that will eventually lead to the overall outcome. Uh, so physical changes are a part of what's going to happen when you hit puberty. Um, and, you know, with that, as coaches, you don't ever want to say, you know, something in regards to a kid's look um, that can be defined as black or white, because if you have a 12 year old girl, her body is going to be very different at 12 than she will be at 16. Um, so I coach a girl who's super tall for her age and she's only 13 and she's taller than me. She's like six one and she actually hates being six one because she's really tall and she's really skinny. And comparatively to everyone else, she feels just kind of like this like giant. And so when I'm coaching her or she's around kids that are her age, I make sure to not ever note that or make her feel like that. Or if we're doing partners, I try to put her with someone who is taller. Uh, so that way it's not highlighting something that I know is her insecurity. Uh, so if you can open up the dialogue and you can allow um, a little bit more fluidity within everything, either at home or on the pool deck, it will really help. Uh, your swimmer um, navigate that time that everyone has to go through uh, in a more graceful way. Yes, and I took notes to reflect of who I work with as a person trainer. And also I'm coming from a culture perspective. So again, I'm from the Arab Syrian culture. And I, um, if you ever like work with anyone that comes from a Middle Eastern or, uh, you know, Asian culture, for us, like women, um, unfortunately, like things are changing you know, thank God. But for us, uh, they have that perception like the woman should be married before 30. So they have that pressure add on her. And I have a, a friend of mine who struggled with, you know, body image issues because of that um, situation of like, you need to like look good for that, you know, that perspective. So it's, it's really hard. And that's why sports is a great way. And so when Abby said um, the comparison, I 100% agree. I, have a, I had a client at who was also that tall, six one, you know, that insecurities are in her as well. And so parents' job is a huge aspect. Having a life coach with her is, is very helpful. And not to compare with the you know, with the siblings. I think comparison within siblings can be a huge, huge factor. So if you are a parent or, you know, if a coach, do not compare your athletes to other people within your team or with your own kids within each other that can create a huge um you know, issues mentally and stuff like that. And to accept themselves is like number one, in my opinion. Um, just allow the kids to be themselves, to love their bodies and that they are beautiful. Uh, because again, I did speak with a a girl um, who is, you know, struggling with that. And they came back to the bottom of like confidence. So build that inner confidence within the kids. Uh, young age, it can start at any age, but having confidence is like number one. And that comes with acceptance. Um, can we go back to slide to see social media? Thanks. Yes. Is there any other questions that you would like to, for us to answer? Any final remarks that we should go over? Um, for um, got one that came in said, for Abby, do you think that because swimmers grow up through a lot of changes, they have more opportunities to be accepting of their bodies and being around others as opposed to other sports where athletes are more covered up? Um, that's actually interesting. Uh, I've never really thought about it in that way. Um, because you are a little bit more vulnerable in the swimsuit, you're basically asking me if I think that um, that would make you more accepting of your body. Um, I don't know if you can blanketly say yes. 
Um, I would definitely say that maybe at a younger age, you're getting a kid to think about what their body looks like, um, you know, at 10 years old in a swimsuit versus if they don't start swimming until they're 16. Uh, so with that, maybe, yeah, that's a positive thing, but that also could be a negative thing because that could be six more years that a person is standing in front of the mirror in a swimsuit um, that knows through puberty uh, that their body has changed um, pretty significantly. Uh, so, I, you know, I think it's, um, it could be twofold. It could be one way or it could be the other. Um, I would hope that it would be a positive thing. Um, but at the end of the day, when you have an ideal body image, and even when I was swimming, um, I was, I know exactly what weight I trained at. I know what weight I am now. Um, and I know how far off I am from that. Uh, it can, you know, some days I can be really down on it and be like, oh, well, I weigh like X amount of pounds higher than I did before. And other days I'm like, you know what, I'm happy with how I look. And I know that I don't need to train, you know, six hours a day to, achieve a place that probably wouldn't necessarily make me happy right now anymore. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but I, honestly, I don't really know. And I stopped measuring myself, to be honest with you. Um, I stopped going on scale because I finally have come to accept my body. Um, and I, you know, even with wearing the swimsuit, because I, I have that big bust and whatever, like I, I still kind of like struggle with it on top of being covered up. It's like extra layer. Um, there's that like people looking at me and what have you, but it all comes back to building confidence, like mindset. And that's what we're trying to like, you know, encourage here. Thank you so much for everyone that have attended. Please let us know if you have any other questions, any other remarks. Um, otherwise, we are done. Thank you again. And don't forget to follow us on social media and reach out at any time. There will be the replay added on YouTube after the campaign is over. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe today and leave a five-star review. You can also screenshot and share this episode with a family or a friend. Be strong, be fit, be fit for Akhira. <laughs>